ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar. Here now are the Killer Bees, Jill Blank and Jeremy Brennan. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank, I'm Branham, Killer Bees broadcasting live, Wakefield Crowbar, swing on by, enjoy daily happy hours from 2 to 6, also daily specials, Uh, today's a wild Wednesday, talked about the wings, tomorrow's a thirsty Thursday, which is a lot of fun as well, so make sure you swing on by, you hang out with us, also hang tight and watch the Astro game later tonight, happy hour runs until 6 o'clock today, you get a $3 Modelo Big Beer, best value in town. Lemon drop shot for four bucks. Green tea shot for five dollars. A specialty pizza for only ten bucks. Great value there too. And a high noon bucket for twenty nine bucks. That's Monday through Friday, two to six. Happy hour every day at Wakefield Crowbar, and also uh, your spot too to, to watch some Astros, watch your football, watch your Texans. All right here. Houston Astros lineup is out. Joe George just signaled it to us. I'm not seeing it here, Joe. What we got? What's the Astros lineup look like? All right, Altuve. Brantley in left, batting second, Bregman at third, Alvarez your DH, Abreu bats fifth at first, Tucker bats sixth in right, Dubon in center, Pena at short, Maldonado batting ninth. I think that's the lineup we all thought we were going to see. Uh, I was close. I had Jordan in the three-hole. Yeah, I, th- I figured he was just going to split up the lefties. Like, I think that blaming Tucker was his way of splitting up the lefties. So he does that. He goes righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, and then you fill out the lineup with the rest of your righties. So Tuve, Brantley, Bregman, top three. Jordan, Abreu, Tucker, the middle three. Dubon, Pena, Maldonado, your bottom three. Like, lineups, sometimes we, we overrate them. We micromanage it a lot. I think lineup talk in the regular season silly. I think in the postseason when you're down 2-0 and on the verge of being down 3-0 with a loss, I think it's fair to talk about the lineup construction and the batting order. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I do not like Jose Abreu batting ahead of Kyle Tucker. If you're in a situation in the ninth inning tonight, LeClerc, their closer, comes in, you have a runner at second base with two outs, you're down by a run in the ninth, your season's basically on the line, your five-hole hitter's walking to the plate, I don't like it being Jose Abreu over Kyle Tucker, even though Tucker's slumping. I understand it. I, I really do. And, and I think bat speed has something to do with it, too. And I think a lot of times you see that Abreu, whether it is his, his age or otherwise, he just doesn't have that high-velocity bat speed all the time that you know Tuck can put the barrel on the, on the ball no matter what, what speed it's coming at him at. And so I understand it. I really do. I, I think that from a Dusty perspective alone, you saw this coming because Dusty trusts and believes in Abreu more than any of us in this town, and and, and maybe other than Jeff Bagwell. You, we saw it all year, we, and I fully expected to see it tonight, and that's why it doesn't surprise me that he's doing it. But I hear what you're saying because you say, you, you say that going, well, I'm just putting the lineup together for tonight, but you have to think ahead to think that there's going to be a situation where that, that scenario could possibly play out and I think that simply because of the bat speed and the plate discipline that I believe that Tucker has more so than, than Abreu, too, I can understand it. Yeah. So that's the Astros lineup, 713-780-3776. If you have thoughts about it, uh, 713-780-ESPN, our HRP uh, listener line. All right, if you don't think the Texans are a playoff contender, what is it going to take for you to think that they are playoff contenders? Ocho, uh, the Texans are going to win 10 games and make the playoffs, and it's going to be an exciting time in Houston. I, I'm, I'm not – I am not 
familiar with that Ocho. I do not know a positive Ocho where he's talking favorably about the home team, saying that they're going to win double-digit games, saying that it's going to be an exciting time in the city. The only the only team that I ever see Ocho talk well about are the North Shore Mustangs, to yeah. be completely honest. So I don't know if Ocho's being a, a troll there. I don't know if he's being you know sincere. I have no idea. I think that he might even – oh. if, if Ocho sends another text – He and, already and, did. I hadn't read it yet. He said it'll, it'll be nice to have another football face of the city other than North Shore. I hadn't read it yet. I hadn't got to it. If he says something positive about Javier, someone took over his – they're hacked in because – they're, that's not the Ocho that we know, because you know I need Ocho. I need another negative Javier tweet just to realize it's you, because it's yeah. just not, that's just not who you are, man. Three two eight one. He says uh, in all capital letters, Stroud is not t- top ten with three exclamation points and then four clown emojis. Uh, I like the emoji okay. touch. I'm a, I'm a bit. I like speaking emoji, so I appreciate that. How about text. all caps W H Y with question mark exclamation mark as many times as you need. If you're going to say that, then tell us why not because the numbers would indicate and the performance we've seen on the field with the eye test says that this kid is playing like one of the best ten quarterbacks in the NFL this season. That's, that, that made me mean text, though, because the, the clown emoji is what pushed it over the top. So congratulations, uh, 3281. You did make Friday's mean text, which we're going to have to be creative, hopefully, on how we use that. 713-780-3776. Thursday mean text? Well, let's see how it goes tonight. Let's see how it goes tonight. Yeah, we have some big decisions to make tonight. Yeah, let's, let's, let's see how it goes tonight before we do any of that. I, I'm intrigued by your point, Joe, because I haven't really looked at the Texans, how they stack up with the rest of the AFC. I'll admit that I've looked at the vacuum that is the AFC South. Looking at the stand, and I know it's super early, right? You're, you're six weeks through the NFL year, but that is a third of the way through the season. Like, I think it's fair to start looking at the standings. There's only seven teams above 500 in the, in the AFC. Like, you're 500, you're in contention. You're 500, you're a half game back from the postseason. And the, the teams that are just above 500, Cleveland Browns, like, I know their defense is legit. Deshaun Watson, like, who knows if he's going to play ever again. He's on that Laramie Tunsil program. He could hit a hangnail and be out till week 16. And I think it's going to be tough for them to win games as long as P.J. Walker's their quarterback. Like, their defense is going to keep them into games. How many games would they win if Deshaun's not playing and P.J. Walker is playing? I don't think it's going to amount to a ton. Now, if Deshaun comes back in a week and he can be decent, that's a, that's, that's a playoff caliber team. Pittsburgh, who you beat, is 3-2 and two as well. So, like... The bottom of the AFC, and now you do have some teams that are coming up, like Cincinnati, I expect to be on the rise and be a team that makes the postseason. The Jets, eh, I don't know. Like Zach Wilson, I don't really trust that. Zach Wilson, exactly what you just said about Cleveland. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Zach Wilson at quarterback, no matter – their defense is going to keep them in games, but can Zach Wilson do enough necessary to generate enough offense to win a game or two? Because that's what he's going to have to do. Yeah, I, I – um... I'm with you on that. Like, I think those are the same team, the, the Jets and the Browns, as long as Deshaun's out. And they both beat, what, 5-0 and teams this weekend? Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, that's where I just – I don't buy those games. Like, I think the Eagles and the Niners had a, a bad game. I, I don't think Brock, like, Brock Purdy faced stuff he had never seen before. So, like, I just don't buy what the Jets and the Browns did this weekend. It's not sustainable. If they don't get their quarterbacks back at some point – and I know Rodgers is, like, wearing his special shoes and he's walking and throwing. But he even said yesterday on his appearance with McAfee – he said he's a long way away. Like, he, he made it clear yesterday when he was talking to Pat that, like, that he's not, like, for sure going to be ready in right. January. He even reset the expectations. Yeah, the, Rogers though, likes to, likes to chat. 
Like Rogers, he likes himself a lot. Yeah, Rogers is the kind of guy that like, hey, I'm getting all this attention of uh, like I'm expected to be back. Hey, you know, don't don't think about me. I'm not supposed to be back then. And then tries to exceed the expectations. Yeah, I think he tries true. to like kind of set up the pedestal. He plays the mental hopscotch. One week he's making it look like he's ready to come back, and the next week he tempers the emotions so that he can make another triumphant, look at my progress, look at it, there's hope, there's still hope, because he just wants to keep tugging so that he gets as much exposure as possible. Yeah, I mean, he he is somebody who kind of contradicts himself a lot and um, likes to talk, which, you know, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, 4071. Well, if the Jags are the team to beat, give me the Texans for the, uh, Texans for the whooping the Texans already dealt them. I, I think that is the – I mean, that's clearly the signature win for the yeah. Houston Texans so far. You go on the road, you beat the division champs from a year ago by 20 points. That Steelers win doesn't look bad, though. Like, Steelers no, today, not if they're three and two. a playoff team, they're one of the top – they're one of only seven teams in the AFC with a winning record, and you whooped them by 24. Yeah, that was a surprise at the time simply because their defense looked like it was playing pretty well, and you had a banged-up offensive line. I never, I'm never going to be a guy that, you know, over-the-top believes in Kenny Pickett. But at the same time, it's kind of remarkable to me after what you saw the way they played against the Texans that they're 3-2 and two right now, and Pickett, you know, was dinged up. So – I, they don't impress me at all. I, I don't think. It, I think at the end of the year, you're going to find out who the Steelers really are. And unlike what Mike Tomlin's been able to do with smoke and mirrors, sometimes with the, the run he's been on, with you know never having a losing season, whether it's losing or not, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's. I, I think the ultimately the Bengals win that division. Mm-hmm. I have a tough time seeing. Like, is there a second AFC North team that gets into the playoffs? Like, the Ravens I'm unsure about. The Browns, they, they have quarterback I, concerns. I, I think it's Baltimore if it's anybody, and I think it's, it's because of the fact that they, they still have Lamar Jackson. They, they have a, an above-average defense, and they have guys that have been dinged up that are capable of, of doing some things offensively to where I think they're the, more com- the most complete because I just don't trust Deshaun yeah. coming back, and when Deshaun comes back, I don't know which Deshaun you're getting. I'm, I'm, I tend to agree with you. I, I think it would be Baltimore, Cincinnati that contend for the AFC North. One of them will win the division, clearly. And then I think the other. I think there will be one more AFC North team that makes the playoffs. I, I think the think Browns go like 8-9. I think they go like 8-9. It's just so hard. I, just, like, I can't trust Deshaun. I know, but yeah. like they're giving up less than 200 yards a game. Their if defense they, is legit. If they stuck, stayed on this pace... They'd be the first team since like the 1960s to keep a team under 200 yards per game. Yeah, but like, it's pitch they're clock. playing like like an extreme. Like think about like the the idea of what offense is today versus what it was in the 60s and what they're doing to people is just it's incredible. So like if Watson comes back and plays average football, top 15 quarterback. Top like, 15. He has to, I think. Yeah, I think, and I think he's capable of because that. Because you don't have Chubb either. So I, I think that, that that's a big factor for yeah. them because he was the stabilizing force. Regardless if Deshaun wasn't playing in his A game, you could do ball control with Chubb and you could you could win a football game because he gets you chunk yards. He he keeps the, the chains moving. And I think that with Chubb out, and, and I get Hunt as a decent replacement, but Chubb out factors in even more to the fact that Deshaun's got to take it up a notch. Well, I think Jerome Ford's the best running back they have left. I, I would take the Browns' backfield over the Texans' backfield. Oh yeah, I would take Hunt and Ford over over yeah. Damian Pierce. I like Jerome Ford a lot. And Ford's solid. Like I mean, they're a huge step down from Nick Chubb. Nick well, Chubb's a top three running back when he's playing. But if you I mean, number one, eh. Hunt got a touch last week, right? He got a couple. Yeah. They, they used he, him more. They, to split, they, they had about a 50-50 split. Yeah, and Hunt got. But a I'm touchdown. saying he got a couple touchdowns. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he had one. Um, but they, it's a 50-50 split what they have going on. But I like that running back room more than I like the Texans running back room. I think you're, you were on to something that, you know, I hate admitting, but I think that <laughs> the way it looks right now, whether you said it first or someone else said it 
and we talked about it. Singletary looks like the better fit at running back right now. He, he looks like a guy oh, that gets it, it done. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I think that what we saw when we just we were just clamoring for to get a carry and more carries. But when he got those carries, he didn't disappoint you. It's weird because, like, now they're talking, like, listening to to D'Amico, like, after the game and then his Monday press conference. They're talking about how they still need to give Singletary more carries and how it's going to be a 50-50 split. How in the world did you not give him a carry against Atlanta? Like, how are in two weeks you're saying that Singletary looks good? We need to get Singletary more carries even after a 50-50 split. But Pierce had 20, and Singletary had none against Atlanta. In a game that mind. was decided at the end yeah. in a very tight one-score game where that could have made a difference. It's so weird that they did that. Bobby Sloak seems a little reaction, too reactionary. It like, might it's be like, D'Amico. Hey, maybe, yeah. Well, you think D'Amico has that much say on? Like, I think it's a combination. Oh, I think absolutely. Like, D'Amico, the, early in the year when the Texans weren't running the ball well, D'Amico's like, we will stay committed to the run and we will fix it. Uh, after the, the Monday, after the Atlanta game, he said, we are aware that we didn't use Singletary. We will use him more. Now, is that something that's coming from his offensive coordinator and then D'Amico's just the messenger? Maybe. I, it's probably I don't a combination think, of both. But do you D'Amico's think he dabbles the during the game? With offense? No. Yeah, I don't either. No, I don't no, think no, no, so. No, no. I think that's after the coaches' meetings and everything like yeah. that, that he'll come out with that. Yeah. But I think he, st- he stays away from Sloak during the game. No, I don't think he's touching any sort of play calling. Now, I, I, I watched the, uh, the, the coaches' show that he has with Vandermeer and uh, John Harris, and he mm-hmm. talks about how like, like timeouts are his, game management's his, but he's not touching Slowick's plays. Now, after a game on a Sunday, and you're talking about personnel, you're talking about rep shares, you're talking about playing time and snap count, I think that he has a say there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's where I'm saying coaches' meetings and otherwise, but I don't see him being you know, the Belichick or the McCar- McCarthy when he wasn't playing calling plays, where suddenly he just slaps down the headset and says, yo, we're doing this, we're doing that. I don't think he meddles during the game. No. I think it's all during the week. No, only like game management stuff. Yeah. He's not, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. 713-780-ESPN. All right, we didn't have a show Monday, Astros. Uh, yesterday we didn't get to it. Let's give C.J. Stroud his grade on how he performed this Sunday against the Saints. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Wakefield Crowbar on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You get into a car wreck, you need to... you get into a car accident, there's only one thing that you need to do. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm, and it's free to do so. You don't have to pay a dime until you win your case. And there's so many other reasons why you go to Hollingsworth Law Firm. Their expertise is car accidents. They are, aren't going to get paid until you win, and they have bilingual associates standing by so that they can help any and everybody that comes to their doors and wants someone to be in their corner to help them get through. We know there's pain and suffering with an accident. It could be your vehicle and you and lots of other things you could miss work. And you're, you're terrified of like all the things you have to go through and what you need to do, and you want someone to be in your corner. They're going to be in your corner every step of the way, whether they're battling the insurance company or the vehicle and the driver that hit you. And they're going to make sure that they stay with you, loyal to you, and they're going to get you results. And you don't pay until you win. I love hearing that. The team at Hollingsworth Law Firm will find Fight for what's rightfully yours. You have no other choice but to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. Let Hollingsworth Law Firm win your case. You can also visit them online, carwrecktexas.com, carwrecktexas.com. ESPN 975.com. Take his pork chop. I don't want his pork chop. I want his life. Jeremy Branham for Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery, the only Houston-area gym with 100% all-digital membership. 
24-7 access, no contracts, no hidden fees, and no appointments needed. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery has everything you need, including high-quality cardio, free weights, and their signature recovery rooms with infrared saunas. The Iron 24 app makes it easy to join, and for a limited time, new member ESPN listeners get two weeks free with zero down. Iron24.com slash ESPN. Make Wakefield Crowbar your new sports destination. Recently renovated with a giant 24-foot TV wall, plus 45 more screens. Watch the Astros chase a title. Catch every NFL and Texans game. Cheer on your favorite college team and no cover for UFC and boxing pay-per-views. Just north of the 610 Loop, Wakefield Crowbar offers a full kitchen and bar with over 30 drafts and signature cocktails, along with three sand volleyball courts, a huge patio, and a playground for the kids. Wakefield Crowbar, your friendly neighborhood sports bar. Jeremy Branham for Gentle Ben hanging out with Scotty Alexander. You've heard the name country music artist that's mastered his craft and of course Gentle Ben mastering their craft. What's your favorite bourbon? They have a uh, 117 strength cask. That's my favorite. I don't like to drink when I work, but as soon as we're done, that's the best way to relax after a show with the people that you enjoy being around is to have a Gentle Ben and relax afterwards, and that's extraordinary for me. Gentle Ben, the secret ingredient is what's not in it. Rethink how you manage cash flow and payments for your business. Choose a banking partner who provides secure and remote tools tailored for you. Never pay for something you don't need. We're Veritex Community Bank. True to your business, true to Texas. VeritexBank.com. Member FDIC. Time to hydrate. Grab a Rambler Sparkling Water, the official sparkling water of ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. A Texas mineral blend available in original, lemon lime, grapefruit, and satsuma. Ramblers do it better. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Wakefield Crowbar, it's the Killer Bees. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank on Branham. We are at Wakefield Crowbar. We're enjoying Wild Wednesday all-day specials. That includes tonight during the game. 25-cent boneless wings tonight. This isn't the happy hour that ends. This is a daily special. So get your boneless wings all night long here at Wakefield Crowbar. Just 25 cents. White tee shots all day. Uh, Michelob Ultra Beer all day. High noon buckets for $29 as well all day. That includes when the Astros are playing baseball later today. Get your wings the Lionel Richie way. All night long, baby. I'm sorry. Just grade the blankers joke. 713-780-ESPN. What are you giving it, Joe? It's like a five. I'm going to give it a four. Not your worst. Not your best. Four is pretty good for you, though. I mean, yeah, I'm normally taking I'm taking L's all the time with you guys on the dad jokes, which I'm known for, so that's fine. I'll take I will, it where I progress I think, to a four and a five. I think it's better than the Janet Jackson reference. <laughs> but it's so that's not even a dad joke. That's just a fact the way people think. No, it's a fact I know, of life. I know, but I think I like the dad joke better than the Janet Jackson reference. Like, and we're going to compare and contrast I will now use two. it more. That's oh, fine. There you go, Joe. <laughs> Way bad. to go. Next <laughs> time you need to use some more control. So, oh, man. 713-780-3776. Grade the Blankers dad jokes. This text is for you from 3118. It's interesting how Blank used the word metal in reference, in, in reference to D'Amico being involved in the offense. It's his team. He can call the plays if he wants. I applaud him if he's meddling because that tells me that he's trying to carry out his vision. Did you like it when Belichick meddled and hired a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator and that worked out? So 
sometimes defensive guys stick to the defensive side of the football, and they trust the guys that they hired to run the offensive side of the football. That doesn't mean that they can't meddle during the week and make the make it known that this, as the head coach, is what I'm feeling and thinking and doing, and what we want to, uh, what I want us to do. But I think it's smart that in game, when guys are doing what they were hired to do, that you don't meddle. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. CJ Stroud. How do we grade Stroud's performance? on Sunday. Let's uh, let's assess his play first. Also, we had a couple of texts responding to the guy that uh, gave us five clown emoji heads for mm. saying that C.J. Stroud was a top ten quarterback. Uh, 40-71, Stroud is easily top ten. Numbers say so. Read them and weep. And then a Cowboy fan, seven seven four four Cowboy fan here, I think Stroud is legit. So just both sides of the, the argument there. Seven one three seven eight zero esp if you want to grade Stroud's performance on Sunday. Here was C.J. Stroud after the game, I thought this was a fascinating soundbite from Stroud, who, like, great at the podium. How much stock do you put on what they say at the podium? I, you know, I think you got to – I think it's a case-by-case basis. But this was Stroud talking about how defenses have been defending him and then what his own OC said about the defense defending him that way. They were changing up on me. Like, it wasn't easy. They were switching up the coverages, playing Tampa 2, going one robber, um, going quarters, going to cover three like different things that they were trying to get me on. And I think this game I was not, I wouldn't say more prepared, but I was just ready for it. Um, I think Bobby told me last week, like that was the first game against Atlanta that they treated you like a great NFL quarterback. Um, I think they treated me the same way this game. I just handled it a little better. Um, And that's a tough defense. So um, a really good win from us. And um, we got to get back to the drawing board, but that's a great win. I think both of the defense they faced are good. Atlanta's defense is, I think, going to be a bordering a top ten defense in the NFL. I think the Saints' defense is a little better, uh, quite honestly. So I think these are two teams that are going to be bordering on the cusp of being a top ten defense by the time the, the season's over. I, I know Twitch can sometimes be very critical, but we love them. But critical is a fair way to describe them. They've talked a lot about Stroud. Oh, he did it once. Cool. Uh, he put up yards in garbage time. Cool. Okay, he won a game against Jacksonville. Cool. Pittsburgh, cool. But let's start seeing Atlanta, whatever. he ran a drive that got you the lead late in the yeah. game. Cool. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And you had a lot of them, too, saying, well, let's see how Stroud reacts to seeing different defenses. We saw early in the year that Stroud was getting blitzed a good amount of times, and then it's like, oh, wait, this isn't going to work. Stroud's killing us whenever we blitz. The last two weeks against Atlanta and, and New Orleans, and, and still very similar philosophies, like Atlanta got their D.C. from New Orleans, so it's kind of the same tree. But routinely dropping seven, dropping eight in coverage against C.J. Stroud, which you're not going to do against a quarterback that you don't respect that can beat you with their arm. It's kind of what the Texans ran into with Desmond Ritter. Like, oh, we don't trust that he can beat us, so we're going to, like, not drop seven and eight and, and have Bijan Robinson beat us. Teams are game planning for C.J. Stroud like they game plan for other top quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's crazy after only six games that he's getting that kind of respect, not from you, not from me, not from, like, you know, talking head, blowing hot air dudes on TV. These are real-life NFL defensive coordinators whose jobs are on the line defending C.J. Stroud, and they are paying respect to the rookie. You talk about a microcosm of what gives every Texans fan everything that they could possibly ask for first year of a rookie starting quarterback for your favorite team. 
listen to that again and understand how much he understands the game, how much we've all heard and we've had other people highlight how he's a student of the game, how he really dives in deeply. He understands and wants to get more of the X's and O's. Then you understand from what we heard from Ohio State about he respects the coaches that really know the game and they can talk the game together. And you you hear what he says about talking to Slowick and then Slowick and what he told him and how that communication and some of the things that they're doing to build him up and take him along the road. And then understand that he has the humility to say, and I did better this time, and I have to do better. Those, that's everything that you want in a quarterback from maturity, execution, the fact that he's playing like a, a quarterback that can win games in the NFL, that's to be respected by defensive coordinators, and he's winning football games. That's what you want from your quarterback, your offensive coordinator, and, and if you're a fan of the team, what you want to look forward to as your team plays football every week. That's fantastic. What would you see from him on Sunday? I saw a guy that was, again, poised. We, saw, we talk about, you know, the slow heartbeat. We talk about a guy where the moment doesn't seem to, to get to be too much for him. I saw a guy that kept his composure. I saw a guy that executed plays. I saw a guy that made mistakes but bounced back from them. And I saw a guy that led his team to another victory. I, I, it's not going to be every week we talk about this. There's still going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be a slip-up or two we're not expecting. And there's going to be people, Janet Jackson-wise, that are going to jump off the bandwagon and start criticizing him. But overall, when you see a guy that gets you wins by any means necessary, that takes you where you need to go and isn't part of the problem by giving up the ball, turning it over, and giving the team a chance to win the game and doing what he needs to do so that his team does – I saw a kid that I still believe 100% in that I know gets it, and that's what I need to see at this point in the season. Interception wasn't a good one. No. Uh, I, I'm trying to understand what he was doing there. Like, I don't know if he, were, if he thought that linebacker was going to check back and, like, cover him or if he just didn't see him. I was going to say, he, do you think he just didn't see him? There's always a chance for that. Like, you can't dismiss it because there's always a chance, and he didn't really talk about that interception. He said, Well, actually he did. He said that he made a good play on it. He was looking in that direction, though. My best guess is that he saw him and thought he was going to check back and try to anticipate a throw. It's my best guess. You always have to account for the possibility that he didn't see him. That, that I, always exists. I, I just ha- I, my only thing is, is I, I just had to believe he was so focused yeah. on where who, who he was throwing to and where he needed to go that he lost focus on the peripherals of yeah. who was around Span it. in the field. Maybe yeah. he lost him inside. I, I think that it's – I certainly think it's possible. Like, I, I don't know. Um I, it wasn't a good interception, but you're going to do that in the NFL. I don't. In fact, the, the biggest problem that I had with the interception not, wasn't that he threw it. I don't want my quarterback running down the field, diving at a returner's yeah. legs like that. I've seen many quarterbacks get hurt doing that. He is far too valuable trying to make tackles on interceptions that he throws. Deshaun wouldn't do that. I hope not. Not now. That's a business decision. He's no, not willing he to make. Do he that. would not. And like obviously, like the interception happens, but I think with the. The story of the interception, though, is Every that interception they got has it right story, back. Brock they, Osweiler. they get the ball back, and he drives the field yeah. right down the field, and he, and he scores a touchdown. Like it's everything you've wanted to see in like I think the last two weeks. Good defense, a comeback that just didn't end in a win versus Atlanta, but then he finally throws his first pro interception, and he immediately responds. There's no like, okay, what's he going to be like? Is he going to be Fromber after throwing a pick? Right. The answer is no. Like he was composed. They went down the field. They scored right away. He's so impressive. Isn't it also, to your point, Joe, the team becomes a microcosm of what he's doing, 
where they make a mistake, but they learn from it. He makes a mistake in a game one week. He learns from it. The team doesn't do the same things to make yep. the same kind of hiccups and mistakes that they did from week to week. And that's why you get more encouraged that, hey, everybody gets it. They're all on the same page. And progress is being made, more so than what we see on Sundays, but probably in the, the meeting rooms and the practice fields where they're making sure you don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, it's actually like a, a small pet peeve I think I have right now with Bobby Sloak and D'Amico is that it feels like from week to week they can make massive adjustments. It doesn't feel like they're really effectively making them during halftime. Yeah, I think it's more pregame. I think they're really good game planning early, whereas adjustments in-game, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I haven't seen a ton of that. I've seen yeah. the, the fact that they're scoring early in-game, scoring on first drives, really good game planning. Uh, not so great second halves is that adjustments. I think it's fair to say that. I thought Stroud could have been more accurate in this game. And, like, this is, like, throw away his completions to attempts. Like, where he was throwing some passes uh, wasn't his most accurate game where he's accustomed to having much better in the first half than he was in the second half, kind of chopping in the second half, quite honestly. Now, I think the score dictated this. I think it was game script. You're up by two possessions most of the second half. You're not going to be as aggressive offensively when you have a two-score lead. Yeah, the, the communication with Robert Woods on two different occasions wasn't great. Could have been Stroud, could have been Woods. I don't know. And this is an area that I hope that they do clean up. And they talked about it after the game. We're going to get on the same page. I I trust that they will because Stroud has showed where he has certain, I'm not even going to call it weaknesses, but areas where he didn't like it in a game. He has shown that he's able to kind of address it. That end zone one? Yeah. You just put a little more air under it, and you could even adjust to it to it, where that was an easy one. That it, was one ripe that they didn't that they missed. It looked to me that Stroud was telling him to settle, and Woods For was sure. running to the sidelines. And that happened twice. One was in the end zone, and then there was another one earlier in the game where they just weren't on the same page. And yes, that's, they did. That's scramble principles. I don't know what they're teaching. Most of the time, it's either go to the ball, go away from the ball, not really like horizontal stuff. So I'm curious to know what, what the, their rules are on that. But the other thing that I liked that you don't always see with a young quarterback is he didn't sell out his receiver yeah. on the field. He gave him the hand signal. They, they'll talk about it on the sidelines, but he didn't, you know, like a Kyler Murray, pointing and raising his hands and looking at him and doing it. Because you're right, it did happen yep. twice, and he handled it with maturity that you don't normally see of a young, hotshot quarterback, first-round pick that's doing what he's doing. So what are you giving him, golf score? I'm going to give him a par. I'm going to give him a par because of some of the things that you said and some of the things we talked about. There was room to get better. There was room where, he, you know, there, there was not the situation to where he had to lead them on a big-time drive or carry them himself. He made one mistake. They got they got it right back. It didn't it didn't cost them. There was room to grow, which is fine. He got a win, which is great. So therefore, I'm not going to go overzealous on the grade, but I'm going to give him a par for the, because they got the win. You win a football game in the NFL, you get a birdie for me. I'm giving C.J. Stroud a birdie. What are you giving him, Joe? Uh, birdie. I think it's more about the response after the interception, even than the win. Hmm. So I'm good with a birdie. All right, Joe George, you there. Hmm. How would you grade him a B-plus here from one? Dusty Mount Bellevue gives him a B, uh, 80-0-8-9. Guys, we're doing golf scores. Did the, uh, eh, I mean, hmm. we're, we're men of the people. Did the Texans dodge a bullet by not getting first overall? Yes. I would like to believe that Casario would have still taken Stroud at number one. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. It's such a poker game because we never know what they're truly thinking, and we always hear what got leaked out or what they wanted leaked out and things like that. I, I just – I'd love to believe that that's the case, and he's a true evaluator of talent and knew who he wanted to go get. I think they did dodge a billet by not having the number one overall pick. 713-780-3776. You can get your grades in. When we return, though, it's Joe's favorite time of the week. It's a Why the Face Wednesday. Why is Hip Hip Jorge making faces today? It's Killer Bees broadcasting live at Wakefield Crowbar on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. 
Uh, right now, I want to tell you about the good people at Doc Linville's office. Doc Linville, the best in the business at the Neograft procedure. The Neograft procedure, if you're not familiar with it, but you're familiar with going bald, pattern baldness, thinning, you don't like the way you look, you're slapping a, 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 a hat on your dome piece every day and hoping that people aren't evaluating you. Well, you don't have to do that anymore if you do the Neograft procedure because the Neograft procedure is your own hair put where you need it most, getting you more coverage, and with that, more confidence, a better appearance, and a better you. It's fantastic. Go to 975hair.com right now. Get all the information on the Neograft procedure and see if it's right for you too. If it is, you set up a free consultation right there. Go in, ask questions, get answers, and figure it out. They're going to give you all the answers you need, and you are not on the hook or obligated to anything. You don't pay any money out of pocket. You're not signing on the dotted line for a commitment later. You're just getting facts and information so you can make an educated decision on whether the Neograft will work for you, too. I did it. I couldn't be happier with it. And the one that got me, 95 to 99% of all the follicles that are moved are going to stay and grow and be with you for the long haul, get stronger and longer because they're taking them from a place that you're never going to lose them. You're not going to lose them no matter where they put them on your head. Check them out today and tell them I sent you by because I think they're the best in the business and they're right here in Houston, Texas. Go to 975hair.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. When it comes to accidental injury cases in Harris County, there's one law firm that files nearly three times as many cases than any other firm, and that's Dasper Law Firm. Why? Because they're the best at what they do, getting their clients the compensation they deserve for injuries they wrongfully suffered in an accident. Lance Zerline here, and if you suffered an injury in an accident and you would like a free case review, call John Daspit now, 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW or visit DaspitLaw.com. Since her debut in 1979, Spanish Flower has been serving historians and creating memories for more than four decades. Now, Spanish Flower has three locations to better serve you, with the original 24-hour location on North Main, a second location on the North Highway, and now their brand-new location on Durham and Washington Avenue. Take the family for dinner, stop by for lunch with colleagues, or even guys' night out to watch the game. Spanish Flower, a Houston staple for 45 years and counting. You know, there are so many ways to listen to this awesome Houston sports radio station, even on Twitch. They have a live video stream from the studio and the chat room. Let's check in to see what the chatters are saying about the show. H-O-U underscore dab put up an emoji. That's highly inappropriate. DWH coupons and nonstop swagon. They seem to be spewing filth at one another while Coog Blaze gaslights both of them. Can't read that. That's unnatural. Uh, that's enough of Twitch. Thanks for listening to ESPN 97.5. John Granado here with Robin Orlando from Houston Powder Coaters. Robin, time is of the essence if you have lawn furniture that needs powder coating right now. Yes, it is. We are in peak season, coast to coast. That means everyone is getting their patio furniture done. It does take four to five weeks to turn around, so please take that into account when you're planning your 4th of July, birthday parties, graduations, weddings, whatever you're doing. Please let us know you have a party coming up, and we will accommodate the best we can do to get you your furniture on time. Pick it up and deliver it. Yes, we will pick it up and deliver it free of charge. How about that? What else can Houston Powder Coaters do? We do a lot of car parts. There are some things that we just don't do, which is going to be like brake calipers, engines, stuff like that. But for the most part, we do wheels, we do bumpers, we do frames. What if I have art in my backyard? We can do that. So yard art, fountains, if it's metal, we're able to do it. 
HoustonPowderCoaters.com. Whatever it is that you have metal that you want to keep and make it look great, HoustonPowderCoaters.com. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. All right, broadcasting live, Wakefield Crowbar, enjoying all-day Wild Wednesday specials, Dills on boneless wings, white tee shots, Michelob Ultras, high noon buckets, and it is, we're still in the window of happy hour until 6. Uh, Modelo Big Beers, Lemon Drop, Green Tea Shots, Specialty Pizza, High Noon Bucket. Get here every day, Monday through Friday, for happy hours 2 to 6, and then enjoy their daily specials like Marg Monday, $2 Tuesday, Wild Wednesday, Thirsty Thursday, Feel Good Friday, and they even have weekend vibes. So this is your spot every day of the week, your spot to watch some ball, Game 3 of the ALCS, football coming up this weekend as well. All right, Joe George, why are you making faces on this Wednesday? Uh, We'll start with one that I know Joel Blaine can relate to at least a little bit because it involves pickup basketball. Hmm. Sure, Josh Beard, because you know he's a hell of just ask him. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, well, I will say if I had to pick someone to get into a fight. He is, really. And then try to run me over with a car because of a pickup Mm -hmm. basketball game, I think I would pick Josh. I'd be the most likely to do so. Did you guys see the story? I did. Yeah, so T.O. gets into a fight with someone. I love me some meat. Uh, apparently, like, the trash talk got so bad that after the game, the person he was playing tried to run him over. Hit him in the knees with the car. Like, what are we doing? Like, throw throw hands. Well, and this was in, like, Calabasas. Yes. Which is not like, you know, you're not playing true playground basketball, I'm sure. And T.O. can play a little bit. He's in unbelievable shape. But, like, you're going to – you're 49 years old. You're playing pickup basketball. And it, it, no matter how bad the trash talk is – you're going to go after a dude with your car? It's T.O. I wonder where it happened. Like, Calabasas. I so. understand the city. Like, oh, like you must be like, like, like after. Was it like on the court? Was it on the road? Oh. Was it in the parking lot? Was it in the median? Like I'm wondering where he directed lot. his car. You got to believe it kind of rolled over from yeah. court to the way off, you know, the way yeah. home. Yeah. And then dude like came up, you know, came at him. This isn't surprising to me, quite honestly. Like no, we no, see not so much violence and random things. Uh, we saw a keep to leap brother kill a little league football sure coach. So like somebody running somebody over after a pickup basketball game is not surprising, especially Terrell Owens because he likes to talk. Yeah. He likes to run his mouth. So it's one of the least surprising stories I've ever seen. I- I'm curious though how Terrell Owens escaped this so well. I'd like to believe me driving my vehicle that I would have far more efficiency and accuracy than when whoever was behind the wheel chasing down Terrell Owens. But T.O. is still trying to try out for teams. He's still an athlete. He but the question athlete. also is, you know, was there charges filed? I didn't see that, actually. That's I what I'm saying. Because I assume there was. That, because that would also answer your question of, did it, it was almost like a deke. Like, I'm going to punch it at you and then hit the brakes, yeah, but I'm not going to go full pedal down trying to take you out. Well, this is since, one thing uh, I wish we had video on. I would love to see how this all transpired. Dash cam. Now, since specifically in this segment, it's been well established that I don't understand or know what attempted murder is. I was just going to no, say, this is exactly what this could be. This could be. <laughs> this could be? Okay. Yeah, because I mean. What, vehicular man, attempted vehicular okay. manslaughter. I could, well, I could, see, I could see attempted murder if you have a good attorney because you had intent. Yeah. You, I mean, what is it? Yeah. You're, you're driving over somebody. You have intentions like your of goal yeah, dude. you're making the yeah. educated decision to go yeah. at him. I think that could qualify as okay. murder. All right. I, I really do. Not, 713-780-3776. Not having a few bevs before walking to the airplane. Well, no. speaking of airplanes, let's I gave, go. I gave Terrell Owens a high five once. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he was at a basketball game that I was at, and I walked by and popped a high five to T.O. Nice. I said, I love you some you. Maybe he'll be a U of H game soon. Yeah, he was watching Chattanooga. He was watching his team in the tournament. Well, maybe like if they play Colorado, when they play Colorado next year, he might be there. He's been doing some of the primetime stuff. Has he? Well, yeah, he, he follows he went to Chattanooga. No matter what oh, happens. Yeah, yeah. Dude yeah. is unbelievable. He's in unbelievable physical condition. Oh, yeah, he's a specimen. He really is. Like when people say, no, oh, I can still play, like, you know, Chad Ochocinco and those guys. Terrell Owens, I mean, he's 49 years old. He's not going to play NFL football. But yeah. dude looks like he could still yeah. play. But he's could he play? Athlete. Could he be on the flag football Olympic team? Maybe. In See, Gronk, Gronk wants to play? Yeah, like T.O., Gronk, like they're Brady. Gonna a, they're going to need a quarterback. Maybe Tony Romo. I was going to say Terrell Brady. Terrell Owens cries but. over Romo. Did you see Brady, too? Davis Mills. No, but did you Ugh. see Brady today on no. the, the, the social media shots? He took his $6 million yacht out. But obviously, he's got some dude driving it. He's all by himself, and he's just tanning on the front of it. Now, that's the way you're supposed to live your life after making all that money playing football. I wouldn't worry about tanning. He must be single. He is. That's he, he is. is. I'm saying he's single. He's just kicking it going, hey, you want to drive my, drive on my boat? If I was a married man, I would never tan. Never. Ever. Uh, I also can't. Skin cancer. Um, I can't tan. Tell A-Rod that. Maybe he should stop. Yeah, well, he sprays. All right, we got a flight that was canceled. It was headed to London. Attempted murder. Uh, the people <laughs> sat on the plane for three and a half hours. You know what? Maybe. Maybe? In my opinion, yes. Of course, in your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Charges first. Ask questions later. So the passengers get on the plane. They sit there for three and a half hours. Flight gets canceled. Oh. No one knows what's going on. No one knows why. And then they find out it's because someone went into the bathroom before the flight even left. And they took the number two right on the floor of the bathroom. Oh, man. Was this a swing and a miss or was it intentional? Great question. Not in the article. We don't want video on that one. I (laughs) tried. I can't imagine what a swing and miss looks like. I assume it's <laughs> not. The, I don't think it's. I think it's like, I, I think, it's like the one I mean, we talked about with like down the, down you can, the lane of the. Yeah, you can you can set the scenario for how the swing and the miss can happen. Yeah. Like you're running out of time and you're gonna you're you're gonna push it to the limit and you don't make it. Yeah, I guess I guess swings and misses happen. They do happen. Ah, uh, but it's pretty extreme. I can't believe they made them stay for three hours. I know. Like, like at least like deep them. That's that's awful. Out. And I thought and that was cancel, a rule now. And then they cancel the flight. I well, thought they probably were, everyone got money for that. I'm sure. I, I was, but at a certain point, I think that just after a certain point, you can only let people sit on the runway on a plane for I think up to ninety minutes right now, or two. Otherwise, then you have to compensate you, them and take them off you the plane. Imagine having like a toddler sitting there for three oh, hours. Oh man. I, is that a real rule? I can't imagine the airlines would ever allow that or sign up for that. I think they had. I think, I think they had to stop. because they thought it was inhumane treatment. Because then you know, at a certain point, they got to turn the air conditioning off. Yeah, and they can't serve you any That's... food or beverage. And, and so I thought that they made the rule, the FAA, FAA or otherwise, that said there's a time limit where you can't be on the runway more than that. That's so weird that they would keep them on the plane for three hours, and yeah. it would be so severe. That they had to cancel the flight. So it's so severe that you canceled the flight, but, you don't but it's take not them off so the severe you don't take passengers off for three hours? Makes no a- sense. And the thing is, if it's just clean up in aisle one, it shouldn't take three and a half hours, right? Even if you yeah. have to disinfect and everything. If the plane's fine and the crew's there, why does it take that long and you can't still t- take the flight? And once again, well, I think unions, if you just, if you just unions. raise of hands, like who wants to like just not be able to use that bathroom yeah. for this flight? Let's leave. It might stink a little bit for the people in the back. Yeah. Or do you want your flight to be canceled and you're flying out the next day? I'm taking the stinky flight. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with it. I think it's also hours. a health Well, concern. you said it was to London. That's a long flight. It was in, it was in uh, Lafrine. Okay. So I don't know. Somewhere sounds in Europe, like France. Somewhere in Europe. So you're already in Europe going. Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. so I got, that's why I don't know like where well, you're. Maybe that's, like maybe that's why they too. could keep them on the plane. Maybe this isn't uh, U.S. law. Yeah, that's probably true. Maybe it's European law. Yeah. We know that those Europeans are 
disgusting. They pull it's whatever true. they need to pull. They're all, all right. disgusting. Uh, last one I got here. A Georgia man was left reeling after receiving a speeding ticket for $1.4 million. <laughs> How fast was he? Was he on an airplane? He was going 90 in a 55. With no schools? That's weird that it's that big of a fine. Why is it that big? Because it's not. It was a placeholder. That the maximum fine you can get in Savannah County is a thousand dollars. Good but old to, Savannah. But to make sure people go to their court appearances or to make sure this guy went, they put his ticket at one point four million. <laughs> he called to see if it was a mistake, and they said, "No, you either have to pay it or show up to court." What? Yes. So <laughs> did he have like some kind of an outstanding? Did he have other no. warrants or other reasons no. why they would be like? So worried about holder. this guy going to court? No, it's not the placeholder. It sounds like a default thing. Can you like imagine anybody... like opening a, a letter, it's a ticket, and it yeah. says one point so four. You see it on the dollars. news all the time with all these people that get these water bills yeah. that are like it's, in the tens I mean, of thousands oh, yeah. of dollars. It's just a. It's. I mean, what it is? It's a. It's a threat. Like, I mean, oh, it's you like better you, show up to court or else. If you don't what show is the up, or else? One point four million dollars. Like, and going forty. But why over. him? Uh, I mean, because it was, it was so excessive because he was doubling it? No, I, I think it's everybody. It's everybody who speeds at that, yeah, maybe it's just not that, that threshold yeah. gets a $1.4 million check or invoice sent to them, and all it is is their this is their threat that you show up to court, and if you don't, well, you have $1.4 million looming over you, which is ne- they're never going to pay it. I mean, they're, they're not right, going to even right. ask for the payment. It's just their threat of getting you to court. They're showing you the significance of you showing up in the courtroom. That's crazy, though, that they that that's one of their laws. But, I mean, it's Georgia. I mean, Georgia probably True. has crazier laws than this, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's everything I got. It's not even just Georgia, though. I mean, you well, got to believe. I mean, you can open carry samurai stores Mississippi? in Texas. Have you ever been uh, shocked by an invoice or, a, like, a bill? Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, what, uh, what did it for you? I'm trying um, to remember the... We got hit with this crazy bill after the freeze. Yeah. Because, so, Dana was eight months pregnant when the freeze happened, so we stayed at the Hotel Derrick right by the station mm-hmm. so I could get to work because I was on call. Everything, our entire apartment flooded um, just because where the piping worked. Everything, all the water came up through the sink. For some reason, like, all that water that people, like, were pouring into our apartment and was coming up through, like, our sink and bathtubs got charged for us. So it wasn't, like, this, like, massive bill, but our water bill was probably, like, six, seven times what it <laughs> normally was. So, like, instead of being, like, 30 bucks, it was, like, 290 So it's not the worst Man. thing in the world, but it was, like, still, like, I looked at it, like, this can't be right. I got slapped with, like, a $300 toll charge on uh, Harris County, the little toll row, whatever they call it. We had a sticker, but it wasn't registering for whatever reason. Oh, and like, the text so, so I, we didn't think anything of it. Like they're sending this bill every month, where they throw it away. Like we, it's re, like it's we have the auto deposit, auto refill, and then we, I finally opened it up one day. It's three hundred bucks. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like you know, we so have funny. a tag. U-Haul's literally coming at me right now, tr- trying to like get me to pay them money for tolls because I went through tolls and they said it wasn't included. <laughs> but like when I went there, they were like, yeah, it's included. Yeah, no, because so I just trying, did that. You're so right. So I'm no, trying to decide you, if I want to fight them on it or just pay like the 30 bucks. See how stubborn yeah, I am. I've told you guys this before, but the one that I got, I got hit with five grand from DirecTV. Oof. We had auto. What are you watching? No. The thing was, was that we had it set up for auto bill pay, right? <laughs> and, and we had canceled a credit card. We we put took it off the account because we're like we're not going to use that credit card anymore, and it's and and we didn't use the credit card anymore, and it turns out they decide the 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 schlep that was doing the the taking it off the the uh, internet uh-huh. forgot to take it off, 
and they charged that, they ran that credit card up to the point where we got a notice that said, you owe $5,000 to DirecTV. I'm like, we can't, we, we told you not to use that card for like two years. Yeah, that's rough. This guy said nice. he went to an urgent care for back spasms. Bill is $10,000. <laughs> Why are you going to the urgent care for back spasms? You're soft. 3008. Chiropractor. <laughs> Killer Beast broadcasting live. the texting the show. From, <laughs> from Wakefield Crowbar. All right, Dusty Baker, could he manage in the big leagues next year, but on a different team? Also, does he's tired of all this negativity being down 2-0. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at MyBookie. I've been telling you about MyBookie for a long period of time now. If there's something that you got going on where you think you know something about sports, it could be the baseball playoffs. It could be basketball starting up. How about college and pro football, soccer, golf? You name it, they got it. You can bet on it. But you go to MyBookie.ag because they take care of you, the customer, every single step of the way. That means that when you go to them, they take care of you. If you use the promo code, Code bet975 because you listen to us at ESPN 97.5. Go to mybookie.ag right now. Sign up or reload your account. When you do and you put in a minimum of $50, they're going to put an extra $200 in your account instantly. It's going to be there. And you know what that means? More money in your account, more games you can bet on, and more chances to win. All you got to do with that bonus money, bet it one more time. If you win, it's yours to take out and do what you please. You can go to dinner. You can go to the mall. You can do whatever you want. It's yours to call because it's your cash. They take care of you as a customer. And even when there's no games going on, live dealers standing by where you can play casino games and you still have a chance to win. Check them out today. MyBookie.ag. Don't forget that promo code, Bet975. And as I always tell you, bet at anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We're your daddy. Well, I feel like I'm your daddy. You're not my daddy. No, daddy. No, daddy. Now I'm your daddy. You ain't my daddy, boy. Yes, yeah, I am. Name, no, you are not daddy. our daddy. I am your daddy. Not a daddy. Have you been in a car wreck in Texas? Call our guy, Attorney Steve Hollingsworth of the Hollingsworth Law Firm. The Hollingsworth Law Firm specializes in helping people injured in a car wreck get what's rightfully theirs. 713-999-8773 or carwrecktexas.com. The official tequila of the PGA Tour, Maestro Nobel, welcomes global golf superstar John Rahm to the family as their new golf ambassador. Take it from me, Lance Erline, and golf sensation John Rahm, Maestro Nobel tequila is outstanding, resulting from 11 generations of tequila mastery Maestro Nobel offers several varieties, each with different flavor profiles. Discover Silver, Reposado, Humido, Añejo, and Diamante. Perfect to sip and outstanding in a cocktail. You'll truly enjoy Maestro Nobel tequila. Proximo Spirits, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. I'm living the life that I lived before I started having knee pain 10 years ago. Meet Julie, a woman who makes the most of every moment in life. But over the last years, those moments were filled with agonizing pain until she discovered QC Kinetics. Finally, the pain got so bad bad that people around me are like, oh, when are you getting your knee replaced? I was walking, hobbling. I listened to my last QC Kinetics commercial and I said, I'm done. I got to find out about this. What Julie found out was that QC Kinetics treats pain associated with osteoarthritis with regenerative therapies, taking your body's own healing properties and concentrating them in the areas where you feel pain, helping heal and restore those damaged areas. No harmful steroids, surgery, or downtime. It changed how I'm living. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long Time. Get back your life before the pain. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 713-913-5285. That's 713-913-5285. 713-913-5285. Saturday, Houston Dynamo FC looks to close the regular season out with a win as they travel northwest to take on the Portland Timbers. Match coverage begins Saturday night at 7.30 on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Wakefield Crowbar, it's the Killer Bees. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. And we have non-believers all along the way. I have one thing to say to those non-believers. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. There's never been a team in the ALCS that lost the first two games at home that has come from behind to win the series. Houston has, though. The Houston Rockets did it in their first championship, 93-94. Blankers was there for that. They fell behind the Suns, 2-0. They lost the first two games in Houston. I remember the paper putting signs of Choke Choke City. City. Choke City. Choke City, and then they went to Phoenix. They won two, and then they switched to Clutch City. Clutch City. So Houston has a reputation for this, Blankers. You've lived it. I I lived it when they also, the next year, came from the sixth seed, the lowest seed to ever win a title. They did the same thing where the Suns and the predicament that they were in and Barkley was in the butt-kicking business and business was good. (laughs) And they rolled through every one and two seed they could possibly find in every possible scenario, and they still came out on top. So there's hope. There, there is precedence in the city, and if any team's going to do it, it's a team that plays on the road the way they do. So you got to believe if you're an Astros fan, and don't stop, jump, you know, don't stop believing. Don't jump off the bandwagon and jump back on. This team's capable of doing this. It's never happened in the ALCS, but it has happened in Houston. So maybe you get started tonight with Christian Javier on the mound. So John Heyman covers Major League Baseball for somebody who pays him to cover Major League Baseball. I know some people are in and out. On, uh, on John Heyman. He had a report late yesterday because the Mets are going through a managerial hire. There's heavy rumors that it's going to be Craig Council, but nobody can talk to Craig Council until November with the way his contract is. Of course, David Stearns went from Milwaukee uh, to New York, so there's a lot of innuendo that Craig Council will be the next manager of the New York Mets. John Heyman, though, was writing some uh, in his article, was writing a list of candidates if Craig Council is not the guy. The first candidate that he mentioned was Dusty Baker, because Dusty Baker, still fighting with the front office, doesn't believe in analytics, the Astros front office does. Can you imagine Dusty Baker managing in baseball for somebody else not named the Houston Astros next year? Absolutely, because we've already talked about the fact that we did it during the season, we did it in the playoffs, and we've mentioned that just without regurgitating all of that, that there is a possibility that Dusty Baker is not the manager of the Houston Astros next year. Dusty Baker mentioned it when he took the Astros job from the get-go. If I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs and I think I'm never going to get another job again and they throw that much money at me to go manage baseball, I'm going to go manage baseball. I love the game. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If Dusty Baker is having the time of his life managing baseball, he's had success, he got a World Series, and, and if the Astros aren't in the scenario anymore, whether it's his choice or theirs, and another team comes calling and says, we want a manager that has World Series experience that's more of a players-type manager, but is the guy that we're looking for is just what you bring, Dusty, and they want to throw millions of dollars at Dusty Baker? He ain't saying no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that Dusty's going to get another job in baseball. Uh, and I, I know that we've went with this old school, you know, first crane with Dusty. The Mets had Showalter, which Showalter might be a reason that they're not interested that's in Dusty. Good point. Now, it's a different regime, but it's same owner. And Steve Cohen, uh, you know, I think Bruce Bochy's doing a, showing a good job that old school still plays. I think we are getting back to more old school. I can't imagine another owner and or general manager hiring Dusty Baker. There, there was also another piece towards the bottom that if the Astros do move on from Dusty Baker, Heyman mentioned uh, Joe Espada as the most likely candidate to, to be the next manager for the Astros, which really isn't a surprise 
surprise to anybody. No, it's not I think a surprise. he would be the odds-on favorite. I think the one thing that might change that a little bit is you don't we don't know the relationship between Dana Brown and with Joe Espada because of the fact that the one thing that you're going to do is give your long-term general manager the ability to pick his own manager at a certain point because he didn't get that chance just like James Click didn't get that chance when he came to Houston and at a certain point when you take a job and especially your first job getting the, the full control of the car you're at certain at some point or another you're going to pick your own driver you want your own manager in place and i think that would be the only thing that might yeah, alter that that would be the biggest hurdle for sure because like you don't know if dana would want one of his own guys you don't know if crane's gonna allow dana uh to pick one of his own guys as well uh dusty was speaking to the media yesterday uh you know the media deal on their workout day ahead of game three coming up uh, in a couple of hours now Dusty, he's not, he's not hearing it from the media. The media was asking him all these questions about, you know, what are you doing in a game four if you get there? Could Verlander be back on short rest? Uh, what are you going to do if Javier gets rocked? Blah, 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 blah. Dusty's sick and tired of all this negativity. If he does Good. not come out sharp, who's the next guy up? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I mean, you guys play these different scenarios, and most of them – are negative results. I, I don't. I don't. I deal with positive results, and then if the negatives show up, then I'll worry about it when I get there. All right, Dusty. The he's just a pillar of positivity. Here's another one with Dusty. They're asking him about you know kind of the possibility if things go wrong. All of a sudden you're down three zero. Dusty wasn't having it, and then he even let it linger. One more question. I am not thinking about being down three zero. That's the last thing on my mind. I mean, my, my, my mindset is to be down two to one and then be even two and two and then hopefully get to three and two and then hopefully get to the World Series. That's how, that's how my mind thinks. Go in the middle of Matt. Just, have, you, have you guys designated a game four starter? No, not yet. You know, if you don't, if you, if you don't recall, <laughs> nobody, if I had had that mindset, we wouldn't have been here where we are as the vision because people were writing us off as a wild card and they said we didn't really, we had a 5% chance of, of winning the division or whatever it was. So it's like um, I got a totally different mindset than most people. I, I love the fact that he went to the, to the question after he answered another question. You could tell that it stuck with him, that he wanted to keep responding. What do you, what do you think of Dusty kind of going back at the media a little bit? It's not being so negative. I think it's the, the selective amnesia that you have to have when you're in the playoffs in the scenario that he's in. I mean, you have no other choice because that's exactly what you need your team to focus on, and you can't be thinking big picture. All you can think in is all you have to get your team focused on is pitch by pitch, inning by inning, at bat by at bat, you have to manage this game and be, have it be your number one and only concern. Because if you do those things and you manage your emotions with it to get that win, then everything will fall in place. But the minute that you start looking ahead is where you lose sight of what you need to do now, and then you end up in a hole that's insurmountable even more, and then you go home even quicker. I think that as much as regular season, I don't think that he focuses enough with a sense of urgency. I think it's the exact mentality that your manager has to have in this scenario. Yeah, this this to me was just Dusty kind of like um, believing it. Like he's almost to the point of like 
let's let's believe this into existence, right? Like hey, we're th- we're not thinking about three and zero because it's going to be two one. We're going to go out. and We're going to win a baseball game. We're not worried about who's going to start game four because we're going to win game three. He had a, he had a sound bite that was very similar in the Minnesota series where it's like I'm not even worrying about that. I'm worrying about today. It's like I'm going to get two. I'm going to be up two one after the end of today uh, with Minnesota. So I, I think this is more of like psychology from Dusty Baker. Uh, I think that he's trying to play the middle game. We believe we're going to go out and win. We're not even thinking about a two one or a three zero deficit. We're not even thinking about game four. And I think it's the I think it's the mentality that a manager should have. I think it's also part of part of it is too. It's it, it's the experience that he's had. He's been there and done that. But I think it's also you know that's what his team has to hear. That's what everybody you know wants him to say. Um, but but I think that when you think about him too, at a certain point. It's supposed to be how you can get out of answering all the extra questions by just if you make that statement in most cases in a press conference, especially in a large group setting, people, other media guys are going to frown on you if you keep pushing the, the narrative when he doesn't want to talk about it. But then he kept talking about it. He did. So, then he, so it's like you do or you don't because you don't want to talk about it, and then you keep going. I think it was more he was trying to send a message of, like, this is our mindset, this is our mentality, and he kept going after he was asked another question. 713-780-ESPN, Killer Bees broadcasting live from Wake Field crowbar. All right, some what are more likelies with the Texans? CJ's having a great year. D'Amico's having a great year. Texans may be in playoff contention. The Browns aren't looking so hot, although they would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. What's most likely for the Texans? Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the only sports radio on FM in Houston. Houston. 